Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today, we're going to be talking with our good friend, Fred Stoker. Now, Fred's ministry is to help men get free from sexual sin and then teach their children how to remain free as well. And he's written an awesome book. It's called Preparing Your Son for Every Man's Battle. It's actually a book about teaching both sons and daughters how to win this battle. And there is a 10-chapter parent section that's designed to teach mothers and fathers how to connect with their kids on this sensitive subject. And this is a topic that if you're in the trenches with teenagers right now, you know that you need this needful information in this day and time. Amen. So to discuss all of this, help me welcome back to the program our good friend, Fred Stoker. Fred, it is so good to have you back on the program today, my brother. Well, as you know, I uh, you're my favorite, so I'm glad <laughs> to be here. Amen. Well, other than that brief information I just shared, for the sake of those that may not have heard our prior interviews, tell us in your own words, who is Fred Stoker? Well, Fred Stoker is really just uh, another born-again Christian that's seeking to serve God with all of his heart. I really want to align myself with the Lord and to do the things that he says in the Bible. Um, there was a time in my life where I was hooked on sexual sin, uh, addicted, and uh, the Lord took me through a series of events that uh, made me stand up and fight. And so once I began to engage the battle, uh, he moved in through the Holy Spirit, and began to teach me what I needed to do to get my eyes under control, to get my lust under control. And the great thing is, is I, I actually won that battle. I honestly didn't think I would, but I did want to learn some things in the battle that could pass on to my kids and maybe they'd win the battle someday. But no, God, God actually believes that we should be free because he knows what he's given us. He's given us the grace to be free and the power to be free. So that's my testimony. And, um, at one point, the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and asked me to write a book called Every Man's Battle, which told the story about how I got freedom. And then he kept tapping me on the shoulder. And I, I wrote a book for young men, Every Young Man's Battle. And then I eventually wrote this one, Preparing Your Son for Every Man's Battle. And the reason was, is that so many parents are like me, uh, you know, my dad never talked to me about this. My mom never talked to me about this. As a matter of fact, uh, because they didn't talk to me about it, I didn't know how to talk to my kids about it. And I thought it mm -hmm. was time for me to learn. And once I learned and once it was really successful, I wanted to write a book about it to help other parents because we're all in the same boat. Yeah, amen. Amen. And this book, Preparing Your Son for Every Man's Battle, was first published way back in 2010, but it's just as valid today as it was when it was first released, right? Oh, yes. Uh, obviously, 
every parent has kids that, you know, they start at zero, uh, they -hmm. get born. And then uh, as they grow, you know, between the ages of, say, zero and 11, uh, they're pretty much just looking to us to provide boundaries and to show them what's right and what's wrong. But once they turn 11, 12, 13, uh, they begin thinking abstractly for the first time. They begin to be able to really think about their place in the world. And uh, once they begin doing that, the ball game changes. And it's not just about us saying no to this or yes to that, but to actually connect with them and to teach them how to live this life and apply scripture to it. So mm-hmm. that isn't Amen. very easy in this day and age, but that's our job. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, as I was going through and preparing for the interview, I noticed you use some sports metaphors to relate the importance of properly preparing our kids for this phase of life, that transition period through puberty and beyond. For example, you shared, uh, I believe it was how you came to in last place in a 440 relay and how that affected you going forward. Discuss how we can use these metaphors to help basically understand the topic of preparing our sons for the sexual battle they're about to endure. Well, one of the most important things, I think, when it comes to sports analogies is is really a football game or a basketball game, talking about the first half and the second half. And the first half of the game is pretty simple. We're, we're just laying out lines. We're just laying out boundaries. Okay, you can't step off the sidelines. You can't... Um, You know, you can't run here. Uh, You have to wait until the ball snapped. All those sorts of things that we teach our kids. You you have to be kind. Uh, You can't slug girls. Uh, You know, all the things we teach them. Uh, And and they just accept everything that we talk to them about. And they just know that, you know, they look to me. uh, I, I look like Superman to them. I mean, I've got a wallet with real money in it. I've got a beard that actually hurts when you rub on it. So, you know, we we look pretty pretty studly, really, as dads. But then in the second half, since their minds are beginning to change, they're starting to ask questions like, you know, what's worth pouring my life into? What does success mean? That's a quite different part of the game. And in the first half, we just need to be able to be you know, strong in laying out the boundaries. In the second half, however, what I found is we need to really share stories of our life, uh, the things that we've learned as we've grown up through middle school and high school and college. And uh, through sharing those stories, we're giving them the ability to take those stories, apply scriptures to them, and maybe not have to make the same mistakes we made because they're able to learn from us. And, uh, I was actually shocked, Bob, how how well this worked. You know, the Bible says that we are to uh, teach our children God's principles as we walk through our day. We get up in the morning, walk through our day, and then go to bed at night. And, you know, back in the day that that verse was written, uh, you know, people were teaching their sons the family business. And so they would... The kids would grow up. They'd learn the business. They were with their parents all day long. Today... That isn't possible. Uh, You know, our kids go off to school. We have jobs that can be an hour away from home. And a lot of times we're not with them during the day to share as we're going through our day. But what I found is that we can be intentional and still share stories with them 
uh, the way that God needs us to do so that we can pass our faith down from generation to generation. Amen. 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 Can this book be used, let's say, if it's just a mom raising the boy and the dad's out of the picture? Yes. In fact, I wrote it that way uh, specifically. I grew up in a um, single parent home. My mom raised me along with my two sisters. And, uh, you know, I remember one time going into her room at night, uh, she was crying on her bed and, and I sat down next to her and asked her what's wrong. And she just burst into tears and said, you know, I'm sorry, I can't be the father you need. I'm sorry, I can't be the man to teach you the things you need to learn. And, uh, you know, that stuck with me for the rest of my life. And when it came time to write this book, I wanted to write it in such a way that it would be easy for single moms to be that father, in a sense, at least being able to convey the the words and the messages that they need when maybe the father isn't around. So, um, in fact, the first 10 chapters of the book kind of align with that, Bob, because I've written a parent section and uh, for single moms, for dads, married, whatever, um, that is designed to teach any parent how to go through books with their kids and to use that time to share stories from your own life to convey what they need to know about your life and what they need to know about theirs going forward. Amen. Amen. That's good. And I like the analogy that you shared, you know, about the football game, the first half and the second half. But can you also share about the imaginary audience that the young teens feel is always watching them, especially in the second half that you were talking about? <laughs> yes, yes. It's a I'm now seeing it actually with my grandchildren. They're old enough. Uh, you know, they're uh, 12 and 14. But um, I was talking you know, when I was talking about children be, being able to think abstractly for the first time, um, you know, when they are able to begin to think about their place in the world, there's something, it has different names depending on who you talk to, but in the book, I call it being on stage. Uh, kids at that age kind of think that the whole world revolves around them and that they're on stage all the time and that everyone around them is looking at them and thinking about them and relating thing. Oh, how, how do I relate to this star that's on stage? Well, obviously that's not the case. Most of the time, everyone else around them is also on stage and they're, they're thinking the world revolves around them. But uh, the key aspect to that time frame is that, you know, it's the perfect time to sit down with them um, you know, they're thinking about big, big thoughts that they haven't thought about before. So it's a perfect time to sit down with them and uh, kind of open your heart up to remembering what it was like when you were on stage and thinking the world revolved around you. And what happened back then, then, as you stepped out into dating, as you stepped out into, even in my case, uh, you know, sex. Uh, it wasn't real early, but I, I did outside of marriage. And if you're going to, it's such a widespread thing, all of this uh, pornography and sexual sin that, you know, I can tell you that because of the way we're built, 
if we don't talk to our kids about this, they're doomed. They're going to fall into this because it's all around them and they want to be center stage. They want to be like everyone else in their culture. They want to be liked. And if we don't teach them uh, how to be strong and to stand up and be different, they're going to be like everyone else and we're going to have our hearts broken as parents. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What are some of what you call the rules of the game that we need to be aware of when discussing the subject with our children? Well, as you're, as I said, in the first half of the game, we get really, we're kind of, we're kind of the boss of the home, right? And we tell everybody what they can and they can't do. But in the second half, uh, we need to get down on their level. And one of the things I found is that, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, James Dobson, a radio broadcast once, and he had literally a linguist on. And you, know, you might say, what does the linguist have to do with this? But one of the things that that man said that changed my life as a parent was that he said that because of the brain structure and the way men think that guys can most be reached, their hearts can best be reached through story. And it's just, if you try to preach it, man, a lot of times they kind of can shut down because you can't really reach their emotions through their logic. But if you tell a good story, you can reach their emotions. And I mean, I've, I've had people tell stories to me, missions, trips, whatever. And it gets me to the point where my heart's really behind missions, for instance. Well, yeah. uh, when it comes to this sort of thing, what we really need to think about is we need to be able to share the stories of our lives where we can reach our boys' hearts, not just their minds, because they're going to have to be fully committed to purity if they're ever going to stand. Okay. So one of the things, you know, getting, getting to your question is one of the things that uh, I decided to do was to go through a book called Preparing Your Son for, or excuse me, Preparing for Adolescence by James Dobson, because it it talked about the whole thing about uh, getting into middle school and how everything changes because everybody's now on stage and, and uh, cliques begin to form between people, all that sort of a thing. And I wanted to prepare my kids for that so that when it happened, they wouldn't be shocked. And one of the other reasons why I wanted to go through a book like that is it would give me a launching point to talk about my own stories. So essentially preparing your kids revolves around doing book with them or, or going through a book with them. And, and this is how I used to set it up to really open them to my thoughts. And so uh, we have this, um, room that we call grandma's room uh, because that's where grandma used to stay before she passed away. But whenever she visited our house, that's where it was. And so when I would go into that room with one of my children to go through the book, um, what I would do is I would allow my child to have the seat of honor. They got to sit up on the bed where I would sit on the floor in the corner because there were no chairs in there. It's kind of a small room. And um, so that's number one. And then number two, I had a rule that there would be no um, 
correcting them or talking to them in a negative way about their behavior at school or uh, things I've been seeing, you know, that's wrong in their character. None of that would happen there. Uh, that was just a place for us to connect as two Christian brothers and sisters, kind of like you would with a friend around a campfire. So I wanted to have it be a place where it's easy to talk, uh, where there was no apprehension as we're heading towards grandma's room. And uh, so I was trying to build a place that would be kind of a friendly place to swap stories, because as I said earlier, the linguist said it's, you know, guys especially uh, reach each other's hearts by swapping stories. So um, that's what I did. And so what we what we did is we would go in and we would kind of take our positions like that. We would read, um, oh, you know, Jason, my firstborn, for instance, he would have a copy of the book. I would have a copy of the book. And I would just glance through and say, hey, let's read uh, three or four pages. And I would tell him to read up till this point. We would read up to that point. While he was reading, he was just reading. But when I was reading, I would be underlying words or phrases that would remind me of stories in my past. Like, for instance, one day we were talking about being made fun of in school. And uh, I underlined a couple of things there to remind me of some stories that I wanted to share with Jason. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then my hope is uh, afterwards is that as I would go first and share those stories, then he would share whatever's going on with him. One of the things we need to understand as we do this process is that our kids kind of see us as bigger than life. Uh, we've always been the ones with the control and so it's really important for us to go first in this situation, to share our stories first, because they already feel weak, in a sense, compared to us, and we're strong. I mean, my kids would always think to themselves, I've talked to them about it, but, you know, dad never dad never has any trouble following the rules. He never has any trouble following the boundaries. He's kind of a superstar as a Christian, right? And the only way you're going to get a young man to admit to something to a big strong man is to go first and say, yeah, I remember what it was like to be weak. And so um, that's what we did. And I'd love to share the story about what happened when we went through uh, yeah. that part of the book. Come on, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, we were talking about how when you get to middle school, especially sixth grade, seventh grade, right in there that clicks start to form and people start to make fun of each other more. Before that, in elementary school, kind of everybody likes everybody and it's just a real more pleasant experience. Um, and so I was talking to Jason about that and I <clears throat> I said to him, you know, uh, when I was young, they used to call me cowboy because I had really bowed legs and it looked like I've been riding a horse for the last seven months, right? Um, I also... Uh, you know, got made of, made fun of for a few other things. But, you know, that one really uh, kind of struck his heart because, you know, he knows what that's, what that would be like. And we laughed about it, though. Uh, but I said, you know, at the time, it really kind of hurt because, you know, you're different and everybody's pointing it out. And, and then I asked him a question. Uh, I said, son, do you ever get made fun of? And honestly, because he's my firstborn and I just love him to death. And I, uh, I just think he's perfect. Uh, I was expecting, expecting him to say, no, I, I don't get made fun of. Um, 
but this is what he said. He said, Dan, I get made fun of every single day on the bus. Mm. Wow. And yeah. I mean, instantly, Bob, you might imagine, I mean, kind of a rage. <laughs> came yeah, up I say, now, now the yeah, protector yeah. comes out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just want, I started to, uh, you know, really growl about it and say, I'm going to go to that bus tomorrow and I'm going to straighten this out. And, you know, it kind of started to go on and on. And uh, Jason said, dad, dad, it's okay. It's okay. It really is. Uh, and I said, well, what do you mean it's okay? And he said, dad, it, I just, everybody has something they could get made fun of for, and I'm just not going to take part in it. And I, I remember I just bowed my head and I thought, my son is wiser than I am. And here, here you've got this 12-year-old kid saying something that wise. And two things happened in that moment. Number one, my son realized that I understand where he lives, okay? He knows I've been made fun of. And suddenly, his view of me changes. At the same time, I hear that story from my son and I realize he's not a boy anymore. This kid belongs in the world of men. And I remember thinking, I need to start dealing with him in a different way. And you see, this process of going through books with your kids enlightens both of you. It doesn't just enlighten your kids. You get to see the real person on the other side of the book that you're reading with. And uh, it, it literally changes your life. And um, that's the connection I'm talking about that you need to form with your kids if you're ever going to be have the, well, be having the conversations that you can both really learn from. Um, I mentioned earlier that since we don't live with them day to day, all day long, you need to have moments in time that are intentional where you can get this job done. Well, that's what doing book is. I've got got a ton of stories bob i don't know how much time you have but i i've got a few more i'd like to share if you'd like to uh sure. go ahead go ahead well so you know then you get to the point where in the book uh preparing your son or not preparing your son but preparing for adolescence by james dobson there came the part of the book where you're going to have to talk about intercourse and what that is all right so i i remember there were a number of nights where i just chickened out because it's like Ugh, who wants to talk about this to their 12-year-old, right? And uh, my wife was just terrified for me. She's like, oh, I wouldn't want to have this job. So anyway, I go up and, and uh, you know, Dobson, he explains it in oh, a pretty clinical way. He talks about coming together and, you know, sliding in and, um, you know, tingling feelings until, uh, you know, until it's over. And I remember, uh, I remember my son just staring at me. And then he said, dad, is that, is that really true? And I said, yeah, it's true. He said, do you and mom do this? And I said, well, I'm afraid so. And uh, he burst out laughing so hard, his uh, stomach started to hurt he, he fell off the bed laughing and uh you know it's a great memory that we have but you know i want to point out that there's a lot of fun in this and of course 
you're going to feel nervous at times, but that's okay. Uh, because you're going to be sharing things that are kind of wild and way outside their mind. Uh, but it has to be talked about. I remember when my daughter, Laura, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you knew from the book that this is for both sons and daughters, and it is. You want to talk to your daughter about this. This 10-chapter parent section is really important. But so when she started to reach the age of dating, uh, man, I mean, it seemed like all sorts of human stallions were circling, you know, like <laughs> we're going to get into this uh this girl's corral and and uh, get to know her and of course i'm like i'm hearing some of those stallions names way too often at dinner tables and things and i'm like who are these creepy guys and because i don't like them right away right from the start right Amen. and so i thought to myself you know what i need to go through i need to go through a book with her uh and because so, i need to tell her that dating isn't just entertainment because i could tell that's what she was thinking and so I actually got two books. Uh, one was kind of stood against dating, uh, you know, too early. And the other one was I gave dating a chance. And so I was going to go through both mindsets because I really don't care. I don't really care what the authors say totally. I mean, I want them to be Christian. I want them to have uh, a godly worldview. But the most important thing that you're looking for is as you're going through the book, you want to underline things that remind you of the stories from your past. And so as we started to go through this book there, you know, I, I began to share some stories and I was actually surprised by the emotions that would come up as I would share these stories. I mean, um, I'm not going to get into the details because we're, we're just on a podcast and, you know, there's, yeah, there's limited yeah. time, but one of the things that um, uh, happened to me, there was one time where, um, you know, there was a girl I really respected and really liked, but I had been raised in a home without a dad. And uh, basically I've been raised by Hollywood when it came to romance. And, and um, my understanding at the time was that if you love someone, you express it, uh, by touching them uh, in places that you don't normally touch people, right? And so um, I remember my hand started to roam and this girl stood up and barked at me and said, get out. And I thought you were different from all the other guys. You aren't, you're a pig. Basically kicked me out. Well, as I shared that story, I began to weep uh, because it, it still hurts today what she said and what I realized about myself. I mean, I didn't know, but I sure knew after that night. Uh, and, you know, Laura was deeply touched by my tears. And I shared a couple of other stories that where I ended up crying. I, I, I didn't even realize, but those stories were very painful. And um, a couple of nights later, she came to me. It was another night where we were going to do book. And she said, Dad, before we start tonight, uh, I just want to tell you I've made a decision. And I said, well, what's that? She said, you know what? I really want to be a veterinarian and I don't want anything to get in the way of my studies. So I've decided that at least for high school, I'm going to just kind of skip the dating scene, focus on my schoolwork. And um, because she said, I can tell from what you went through that 
dating isn't just fun and games. There's a lot of emotions to it, a lot of pain to it. And that's my point, isn't it? Uh, as we swap our stories and share with them what the truth is, they get the opportunity to make wise decisions on their own before they Amen. make mistakes. Who is she yeah. today? She's a veterinarian and a PhD and working at a very high level job. She got her dream without going through all that rotten pain in high school. So yeah. again, what we're looking for is the opportunity to swap those stories and to convey the information they need in order to be wise stewards of, of uh, their Christianity. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time. Today's portion of this great interview with Fred Stoker. Now, Fred has been on this program several times, and his ministry is truly around supporting the family, especially when it deals to the pornography addiction going on today. I mean, it is rampant. It's everywhere. And you need his books. He's authored more than one. He's been on here to discuss them. But this book today, Preparing Your Son for Every Man's Battle, is so important. If you have a, a teenage son, it doesn't even have to be a teenager. I mean, he could be just getting ready to go into uh, uh, adolescence. But you need to get this book in preparation for that day and time. And folks, it is so important to prepare your children for the battle that is going to rage when those hormones kick in. And... By doing the preparation now, using this book, using these resources that Fred's been talking about with us, to prepare your family for this, it will pay dividends going into the future. Amen. Drop down the show notes. Click the links right there. The good news is this is just part one because in the very next episode, Fred's going to go even deeper into this stuff. So be sure you come back for that episode. Till then, this is Pastor Bob Ryan. Be blessed in all that you Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.